but it's, uh, we're, we're here uh, at Advent talking about home for Christmas. And um, I'll just give you the, the big picture of where we're going today and in this series um, and why I just showed you a clip from the movie Elf, which, by the way, released in 2003, which means that it's been 20 years since that movie came out, which for me was my freshman year of college, which is also just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. I don't quite believe it. But so this is a moment where everyone, if that makes you feel old, that's your moment to feel old. And some of you are like, yeah, that movie's old. I'm young. What's the problem here? And that's your moment to feel not old, but feel like I'm old or other people. That's great. We're here. We all know where we stand. Um, but that's a, it's a, it is now a Christmas classic. Uh, and actually, the graininess of the video, that's how it originally looked. That's what movies looked like back then. <laughs> All right, so the big message here, though, is, uh, is here at Advent, here at the birth of Christ, the arrival of God with us, Emmanuel. This is the invitation to find our home in God. If you hear nothing else today and in this series, Jesus is inviting you to come home to him and find your home in him. And that's, that's what this whole thing is about. That's where we're going in this entire series. Uh, the, the idea of Advent, this exists in the Christian calendar, the church calendar, uh, and it's the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And then we have our, our, we'll have our Christmas Eve gathering. And this is something that people all over the world are going to be doing and celebrating uh, in, in this amount of weeks and amount of days. And it's the way that people have done it for so many years. If you're not familiar with the idea of, of Advent, then welcome. We're excited about that. But Advent, it just it means arrival. And so it's the time where we remember the arrival of Christ at his birth. And it's a time to get in touch with the sense of waiting that the followers of God, worshipers of God in the first century, were waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of the Messiah who was to come. And so there was this, the waiting period before the birth of Christ. And we we kind of do the discipline and the practice of going there in our hearts and minds and remembering what would, have, what would it have been like to be waiting and waiting for those promises to be fulfilled. And then we get in touch with our own longing and our own ache and our own sense of the promises of God that are yet to be fulfilled in our lives and in our world. And, and really there's the ultimate promise to be fulfilled of the kingdom to fully come, right? The, there's the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. And so the not yet of it, the, where everything that is not quite what it should be or very much not what it should be in the world, whether that's between nations or between communities or between individuals in our own personal life or even in ourselves, that we know there is a day of the ultimate fulfillment of all those things. And we wait for that. We long for that. We ache for that. But Advent is the season to, to get in touch with that. Um, and uh, today, to get there, we're going to read a passage of Scripture. It's going to be John 14, 1 through 7. Um, why don't you stand up with us? Let's do this. We're going to move our bodies for a minute. I'll be your Zumba instructor. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My, my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, this has been Jesus talking, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> I love the directness. 
What are you talking about? We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the passage of Scripture for us this morning. You can be seated. So I love Christmas time. Who loves Christmas time? What do you love about Christmas? Just yell it out. Decorations, family, hot chocolate. What? Decorating. Uh, okay, the act, of, the act of decorating. Yeah, great, love it. Who else? Movies. Movies. Cookies. I heard lights and lights. Twinkle lights. Driving around looking at Christmas lights. Who else? What else do you love about Christmas? Come on. Wait, not that's too much. One at a time. Music, Christmas music, memories, Hallmark movies, finally. Christmas cards. We got a couple more. A couple more. Come on. Fires. I love a fire. What? Parties, yes. Giving, finally the right answer. <laughs> receiving, receiving gifts, getting presents, just say it, okay, gosh. Getting the stuff you want. What else? Huh? Bookmas, is that giving books? It's like Christmas for nerds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fun party. I'm just kidding. What's the rest of the party? You just read those books? Great. No, I'm just kidding. It sounds great. I like books. I like books. <laughs> one more. One more. Make it count. Great. One more. We know. We know it's Jesus, but we're getting there, okay? I'm trying to steal my thunder. <laughs> I feel like somebody over here has something. Y'all been quiet. Food. All right. Thank you. We're done. Okay. Love it. Well, the cookies have become a problem in my life. Kirby and I, we, uh, we, we, we dropped the carbs and the sugar at the beginning of sabbatical, and it was a good life, but now the cookies are back, and a cheat day turns into a cheat week. She made, a, uh, she made these cookies for We had a worship team night at our house a few weeks ago, and she, Kirby made some cookies, and I was just like, well, we have cookies. I'm just going to eat the cookies. It's fine. And I literally, I, I got in the bed with a cookie in my mouth. I was like, I'm still, I like walked into the bedroom like eating a cookie, one final cookie before going to sleep. So this is me telling y'all I need help, and um, I don't want to be alone in this. Oh, man. Yeah, I, um, I love Christmas. Um, I love Christmas time. I didn't, I, I don't think of myself as like a really traditional or tradition-oriented person, but there's something about holiday traditions that I really, really value, and I didn't realize that I valued them that much until the first time I... I felt this and experienced this was when I moved away to college. It was my first, you know, first semester of college, and uh, my parents moved the same week I moved out, and so it was like, all right, I'm in a dorm. I was living with friends. It was, that was all really great, but I've felt the, the like, what is home experience? Anybody ever, anybody felt that? Maybe college students or when you moved out of the house for the first time, it's like, and I, I definitely was carrying the, you know, foxes have dens, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. I was, I was being a little dramatic, I think, as I, as I quoted scriptures to myself and, and resonated with the words of Jesus as I left for college. 
And um, but I remember feeling like when the holidays came around that first semester, this was 2003, Elf was out. It's a big moment in the world. I felt like I need to get home. I want to go be with my family and I want to do the things we've always done at this time of year. And there was something that I, I lo- if, if we weren't going to do that, if it was like, oh, th- we changed everything this year, that would have really upset me. And I, I'd never felt that before in my life. But something about that moment, I, I really wanted to do the things uh, that we'd always done. And, and I, I, certainly it's because of that, so much was changing in my life and, and so much was not familiar. And there's a familiarity that comes up when we see the Christmas lights. When you smell a tree for the first time in the season, when you hold that first whatever seasonal Christmas drink it is for you, um, whatever that order is, the first sip, it takes you, there's just, it takes you back. And um, I, it's, a, it's a really, it's a magical and wonderful time of the year, in my experience, and for a lot of people. Uh, I, I also recognized uh, as I started to live through some different life stages. So Kirby and I, we met, we just celebrated our, our 15th wedding anniversary in October. So we got married October of 2008. Great time in history to start a life. 2008 is a wonderful year. Um, a lot going on in the world economically. Uh, and so she, uh, she lost her bad job. It was already a bad job. She lost her job like a month after we got married. And then, and I was leading worship, making a little bit of money doing that, not much, and working at Starbucks, making a little bit of money doing that. It was one of those things where it was like, we need health insurance, right? And so here's a way to have that at least. Um, and so I, uh, and then our house got broken into shortly after we got married. And so it was just a really weird, we were so happy to be married, but also really weird season circumstantially. And that idea of home still just kind of felt like, ah, we, we were starting from scratch together. We're so broke. And so I was at Starbucks at work one day, and um, I was a barista, talking to one of my fellow baristas. And I was like, we don't even have any, any decorations or anything. And this guy said, oh, me and my roommates, we just got a new Christmas tree and stuff. And so you can have, do you want my, our old fake tree and ornaments and lights and everything? And I was like, yeah. And so I went over to his house after work. I came, I got, loaded the car up, and I came home, and I decorated everything. And when Kirby came home, she came home to our house, and everything was lit up. And it was like something... Even in that sort of weird moment in, in our lives, the here, here was the familiar. Here was Christmas. We were safe, it kind of felt like, you know. And so, um, and I remember even that first Christmas Eve, we, we um, had our Christmas Eve service at the church we worked at, and we came home, and I brought some of those little uh, communion wafer to go situations that they had, you know what I'm talking about? The uh, styrofoam and the. Um, the juice that had fermented in the package and became alcohol. Brought some of those home, and um, and we took communion in front of this little, you know, hand-me-down Christmas tree in the glow of the lights. And it felt like even then, like we're starting something. We're starting a tradition. We're starting something. We're picking up, some, you know, it's it's something that we've, the, the lights and everything is something we grew up with. But we're we're also starting something new. There was the opportunity to um. To create a new familiar force. And really for us, it was, we were creating home. I think that's what the holidays do for us, is they remind us of home in some sense or another. I know that for some people, that's a really positive and sweet experience. And for some, it's a complicated time of year and a complicated experience. 
for some people, it's a really painful experience. And maybe you would even, if you fall into that category, you would just as soon us skip to New Year's and move on, right? That's certainly some people's experience of the holidays and Christmas time. But this idea of home is, I think it's at the core of this season and this time of year in our culture. And it's actually at the core of what Jesus is making available to us at Advent. And I think what God's wanting to say to us today, uh, there's a great book by Frederick Beekner called The Longing for Home. And I want to read a, a passage out of this book for you. Can I do that? It'll be on the screen. The word home summons up a place, more specifically a house within that place, which you have rich and complex feelings about. A place where you feel or did feel once uniquely at home, which is to say a place where you feel you belong and which in some sense belongs to you. A place where you feel that all is somehow ultimately well, even if things aren't going all that well at any given moment. To think about home eventually leads you to think back to your childhood home, the place where your life started, the place which off and on throughout your life you keep going back to, if only in dreams and memories, and which is apt to determine the kind of place, perhaps a place inside yourself that you spend the rest of your life searching for, even if you're not aware that you're searching. I suspect that those who as children never had such a place in actuality had instead some kind of dream of such a home, which for them played an equally crucial part. This is Frederick Buechner, his book, The Longing for Home. Great read. This was a Justin Fry recommendation as we were getting into this series, and it's, it's great. I love this, though, this idea that, that home, the meaning of the word home and the idea of home, and, and it's... It's concrete. There's a, there's a place that you probably think back to in your childhood. Now, Beekner he, he explains that he, he didn't have such a home. He grew up in the Great Depression, didn't, didn't really have a stable home that he always looks back to as home when he was a kid. The, the house that he thinks of is actually his grandparents' house that they lived in uh, for a lot of his childhood. But I wonder what that is for you. When you think of home, when you think of your childhood, what's the place that you see? What's the place that you go back to? Do you dream? Do you have dreams about your childhood home? Anybody? I do. I have dreams that take place there that I've had, you know, for my entire adult life. There's always some, something weird's going on, but it's like, yep, we're in the living room. Like, it's like, it, we're there, and it's kind of not there, but I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. But it, that, that home, it takes up space within me, exists within me. What defined that home for you? What was your experience of growing up in that place? And I even wonder, like, what, did, what was Christmas? Like, the, uh, when I think of home, when I think of Christmas, I think of that home. I think of my childhood. Um, and my parents were always really, really great about Christmas and holidays, and we did have really good, um, established some fun traditions, and, uh, and there was a lot of magic around Christmas time. I have actually a picture of little Robbie, if you want to see him. I was Robbie for the first 10 years of my life, and then I, I decided I was Rob. I didn't ask permission, just did it like a man. That was me. I don't know whose house that is. Not, that's not our house. <laughs> it was the 80s. I could have been anywhere. I don't know. But 
There's some rel- is a relative's house probably, but there's tinsel. Come on, that's this is throwback. This is a cla- this is a vintage photo right here. Um, there was one year though for Christmas that uh, I was in fifth grade and I really wanted an electric guitar. This was like a big deal. This is a coming of age moment for me. I really wanted to get an electric guitar for Christmas. And I talked to a kid down the road named David who's a couple years older, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm trying to sell my guitar. If you want to buy it, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, maybe." And I didn't have any money, right? Yeah, 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 cool. Uh, and so I remember I came home, I talked talk to my dad, and I said, hey, Dad, David said he, he wants to sell his electric guitar. I'm sure we'd get a good deal. I was, like, trying to broker a Christmas deal with my dad at 10 years old. Like, David said he'd want to sell it, so I bet we could probably negotiate, really make it. It'd be very easy for you. Like, I want to remove all barriers of entry for you, Dad, um, and we can, we can have this conversation. And he was kind of like, we don't need to talk to David. It wasn't dismissive, but it was like, don't worry about it. And the conversation kind of ended. And then sure enough, man, the Christmas morning, something better than David's, David's crappy used guitar was under that tree. It was a red Fender Squire Strat. Didn't know how to play it. That's not a chord. <laughs> <laughs> but it sure looked cool. And I never got that Lamborghini behind me. But the red guitar, it represented something. It took a couple years before I learned how to play that thing. But that was formative. That was a formative moment for me. But it was, a, it was like, man, it was, we had, we had really good, we had good Christmases growing up. It was a, it was a special time, a fun time. Um, when I think about Christmas time, uh, it's a really positive experience. Um, but we, Christmas comes with all sorts of other things, too. I, like I said, there, you might find yourself in any number of um, places entering the Christmas season. I think our culture actually encourages us to uh, to engage with Christmas as escapism and numbing often. Just buy stuff, right? Spend all your money. It's kind of this consumer thing. And like, we're going to buy stuff. We're going to buy presents. And, you know, I got the Black Friday, Cyber Monday emails and stuff. Everything you've, every online store you've ever given your email address to emailed you this weekend <laughs> telling you, about their Black Friday deals is if you didn't know that they probably had a Black Friday deal. Remember us? You could come buy stuff from us. Uh, so there's, there's the consumer escapism. There's the maybe you just want to take a trip. Maybe you, it's the parties. Um, alcohol consumption goes actually way up in the holidays. And it's like, yeah, you're at a party with friends, whatever. But then also, am I numbing from the stress of whatever? Like all those opportunities. And we see statistically that that ramps up, right? For me, it's the cookies. Um, there's the, that, that's one way that we could just sort of like enter into the holidays and never actually become present and just sort of do all the stuff of Christmas time and of the holidays. Um, some of us this time of year might remind you of the loss of someone you love, that you have a lot of positive memories, but not now those memories that have always been fond come with a sting and an ache because somebody who was there isn't here now. Someone who was there should be here and isn't. And so now going home for Christmas never feels quite like home. That's, and the longer we live, the more that experience comes. And if you're around for a while, that experience is coming for all of us, Right? Maybe you 
didn't have great Christmas experiences or didn't have great home experiences growing up. And kind of like Beekner referenced, for the person who didn't have a home that was safe and full of love, that the dream of that home has become a crucial part of your own development. But this time of year brings up maybe what you never had. Um, for others, maybe there's a, um, there is a longing that is yet to be fulfilled in your life. And that longing, you can't hide from it this time of year. Maybe you are still single. And everything in you is just dying for the time in your life where you will have your person that you can build your home with. And this time of year, it just feels lonely. Um, for Kirby and I, you know, we tried it. If I'm honest, right now is a really wonderful time in our life, especially around the holidays, where we get there's a lot of magic and we get to do all this stuff with our kids. But maybe it's even more fulfilling right now because there were seven years of trying to start a family and infertility, if you know our story. And so many years where the holidays were honestly, it was fun, but also pretty depressing because our house just felt empty. And especially there were certain years where maybe we were going to go visit family, but we were going to go like a day before or a day after the actual holiday itself, whether that was Thanksgiving or Christmas. And if we were at home on the day, and it just something just felt so empty in the house. And, and I remember even just feeling like, we got to get out of here. We got to go do something. Like I could, I could barely even stay in, that, stay in that space because of the, the, Ache, the longing. Proverbs says, uh, says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so there's that heart sickness that comes with hope that is deferred on and on again. And some of the, like, that might be the truest thing about your season of life right now. And if that's the case, that's okay. Um, I want to read one more passage from this Beekner book. Can I do that? It's a shorter one. I'm going to do it. If you say no, I'm still doing it. All right, here it is. The word longing comes from the same root as the word long in the sense of length in either time or space and also the word belong. So that in its full richness to long suggests to, to yearn for a long time for something that is a long way off, something that we feel we belong to and that belongs to us. The longing for home is so universal a form of longing, that there is even a special word for it, which is, of course, homesickness. What a powerful, defining of that universal experience. It's homesickness. We all know it. We all know the feeling of being homesick. And that's what, in some form, nostalgia is, is the longing, the homesickness for what was. And so you smell a tree or drink a hot cocoa or hear a song and there, it takes you back to a place and that's, it's nostalgia. It's a positive feeling, right? But it's a, that, I remember that. I miss that. Maybe I can try to create some version of that now, but there's a homesickness that's there. And then there's also, that's the past sense of homesickness. And there's the homesickness for the home we do not yet know. And 
That is one dimension of what Jesus is talking about in John 14. We can put that passage back on the screen. This John 14 passage where Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My fa- in my Father's house, there are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you. There's the ultimate home in God that we're created for and created to have, and that at the end of all this, and when, I, when this life has passed, and when I've, all the fulfillment and all the pain and all the tension and all the joy and all, all of that that comes with just a being a human, right? No one gets to, by the way, no one gets to, um, skip the hard stuff in life. It's part of being alive. No one gets to skip the tension. No one gets to skip the conflict. No one gets to skip the pain. There is no person's life that is free of pain. You might think that someone's life is. You might fantasize about some version of life that is free of suffering, but everyone even the rich, even the famous, even the powerful, even the one who you look at them and say, must be nice. There's something, even if they're not showing it. No one, no one gets to escape it. No, one, no one's free of it. But the ultimate destination in Christ is a place of home. It's a place of fulfillment. It's a place of wholeness. It's a place of peace. It's a place of safety. It's a place where the sense of all you miss and also somehow the sense of all you long for are fully expressed forever. That is the place Jesus goes to prepare for us. Um, and we'll come back to this passage again in a minute, but we have another one. Throw up the Hebrews 11 passage. This is the message. I love the way the author of Hebrews talks about those who've stepped out in faith and taken, a, taken the journey of faith and those who've gone before us and he says, each of these people of faith died not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. How did they do it? They saw it way off in the distance, waved their greeting, and accepted the fact that they were transients or strangers in this world. People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were, if they were homesick for the old country, they could have gone back anytime they wanted. But they were after a far better country than that. So it's not just about what's behind. That's actually... It's, it's true. It's a part of it. You can be homesick for, for what's behind you. But some of that is fantasy. There's, a, there's an element of, of where you're meant to be destined for that you long for, whether you realize it or not. They could have gone back at any time they wanted, but they were after a far better country than that heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. So there's this ultimate... Reality that we long for, and Advent is a time to get in touch with that. It's the not yet of the kingdom of God. It's what is to come ultimately for all of us. Um, But then Jesus, in that John passage, you can put that other one back up now, John 14. Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. I'm the way there. I'm the way to that place that I'm preparing for you. I'm the truth. I'm the true home. I'm the true picture of home. I'm actually what it's all about. And I am the life, as in I am the life right now in your life. The true experience of the home that you long for can begin now as you walk with me. This is what I want us to hear at Advent this year. There's an ultimate place. There's an ultimate destination. I think that's really encouraging 
When life gets really, really, really hard, we know, in faith, we can know that that's ultimately where it's all headed, right? But the invitation is a right now home in Christ. That even if you feel alone, that even if, even if you've lost people that have represented home to you, even if you're not where you want to be in life, even if you feel like you're in a place in life that you can't even imagine being able to get out of that or move on from it, that right now, right where you stand, right where you sit, right where you are in life, the invitation of Jesus at Advent, at his arrival, is to come home in God. To come home. Come home. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And um, as I do, um, I'm going to invite, why don't we all stand up together? Buddy the Elf. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. The deep wisdom of Buddy the Elf comes to light. The journey, the hero's journey of Buddy the Elf. There's a moment where the illusion is shattered. The home that he thought was his home, the family he'd assumed was his family, maybe isn't. He goes on a quest to find his dad, to find his true home, to find himself. I think the, the opportunity right now is, is to get in touch with, to feel fully, what do you feel at this time of year? Is it joy and excitement and thrill? Is it nostalgia? Is it tension? Is it complicated? Feel the complicatedness. Is it pain? Is it sadness? Is it anger? To feel those things, get in touch with it, and ask, I would, I would challenge you to ask God, what do you want to say to me today in this place of how I am actually experiencing this moment in the year, in my life? How, I'm actually how am I actually experiencing being a few days after Thanksgiving and whatever that was for you, in a few weeks before Christmas and all that's happening in the world. What, how do you want to speak to me in this place? And um, I also just want to ask, is there anyone here today who maybe you've never had the experience or even been aware of the invitation of Jesus to find your true home in God. You've never known God like that. And today you actually would like to come home to God. I'm just going to ask everybody to close your eyes for a minute. If that's you and you would say, I, I want to, I want that. I'm stirred by something. I guess it's God <laughs> in this moment. And I want to say, yeah, I want to come home to God today for the first time. If that is you, I'm just going to invite you, if you want to, to just look up and make eye contact with me. If it's not you, don't make eye contact with me, okay? 
But look up, just look up and make eye contact with you, with me. I see you. I'm gonna take my time. I see you. I wanna come home to God today. It's the first time. See you. Taking my time, y'all. For some of us, maybe this is a moment of, I want to, the invitation is to, to come home and find home in God in a new way. Because your life has changed. Your life has changed. You're looking up and realizing it. There's, a, there's an ache that's there. There's a longing that's there. There's a questioning that's there. There's a need that's there. How is God inviting you to find your home in him today in a new way? God, we want to respond to you. We want to hear your voice speaking to each of us. Thank you for another year and another Christmas. And we want to have fun and enjoy the lights and the parties and the books and whatever else we delight in in this season. But will we not miss you and you beckoning us to find the fulfillment of our soul's deepest longing, deepest longing for home. That we might actually find that in you this Christmas. Would you speak to us? Show us how we can come home to you today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.